This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, we have been doing a series in this uh, recently uh, in our podcast uh, called The Journey. And so we're uh, we're taking our nine-month process that we use with individuals and we're breaking it down into the different sessions. And, and I've asked some of our key leaders from around the country, board members and staff members to be my guest to talk about different topics. So uh, this morning, I'm uh, glad to have our newly appointed regional director in Dallas-Fort Worth, Michael Doust. Welcome, Michael. Hello. It's glad to have you. Yeah, glad to have you. Um, <clears throat> once you tell the, our listening audience a little bit about who you are and uh, how you came about, you know, a little bit about you and your family and, you know, about you and then how you came about being part of influencers and all that. Why don't you tell a little of your story? Um, well, uh, let me see. Uh, I guess my story will start back how I got introduced to influencers. I uh, went out to California in 1986 to go to college and ended up spending about 31 years out there as a firefighter for the city of Long Beach. And um, a lot of things happened and, uh, to make a long story short, uh, my church ran into some problems and uh, the elders came to me and asked, hey, hey, who would you recommend as somebody to go and talk to us about how we could solve some of the issues we're struggling with? And I thought of Pete McKenzie and Pete and I had known each other for a number of years. And Pete's obviously uh, Rocky's best friend. And so uh, that got me reconnected with Pete and Pete gave me a book called The Journey to the Inner Chamber, and the rest is pretty much history. So uh, I ended up retiring from the fire department, and uh, the next phase of my life was to head to uh, Dallas in order to go to Dallas Seminary, uh, mm -hmm. Theological Seminary, and um, we moved our family out here. And I had always wanted to take somebody through the journey. And when I got out here, uh, God opened the door for me to have an opportunity to do it with my local church. Uh, since then, we've put about uh, 300 people, men and women, through the journey, and uh, probably that many more have been introduced to it in a number of different ways, several different churches in the area and that kind of a thing. And so just enjoying what God can do both in myself as uh, I guide the journey now and uh, in others to watch that transformation uh, take place as they realize that God cares, God's able and all the, mm -hmm. all the things that go into it. So um, I have a uh, wife, Elizabeth, two kids, uh, Morgan and Anna, uh, freshman in high school and a eighth grader, soon to be moving up to high school. And um, that's us in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I, I've gotten to watch you started in your church from the, from scratch, you know, just from, from an idea into, into a journey group, into several journey groups. And, uh, and I've also, uh, watched God expand your heart beyond your church just for the whole Metroplex. Yeah. I'm mean, starting having a heart, a heart for the city and not just the city, but the whole area. Cause DFW is huge. I mean, how many, 
how many people are in the DFW? You know how many people are in that full DFW complex or metro? No, not off the top of my head. We got several million though. Yeah, several million, several million. I'm sure. Yeah, so a lot of lot of uh, prospects for the journey, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, glad uh, glad you're at the helm down there. Another example of God raising up gifted men and women uh, in our midst that are taking this mission and the message and going forward with it. So, so, so awesome. Well, um, we've been going down the right in row of our, the way the journey's laid out. And so uh, we find ourselves this week on this idea that not only does God know, not, not only does God care about what he knows, not only is he willing to engage himself in the things that he knows and cares about, but he's also able and and this is an interesting one, I think, uh, and I'll, I want to get your perspective, obviously, but um, because, of course, it's like, of course, God's able. I mean, he's all powerful. I mean, he's God. You know, I mean, most people wouldn't have any problem with that. You ha- Why do you have to convince them of that? And, uh, well, there's a little caveat in this session that, or to me anyway, it caught me by surprise the first time I ever went through the journey and it catches guys by the surprise is that he is able to do all sorts of stuff. but he, and I, I, I'm hesitating to use this phrase, but he limits himself in a sense. He, he puts restrictions on himself. We don't limit him, but he, he limits himself sometimes because, you know, because of the development process that he's trying to do in us. So, so let's talk a little bit about that, Michael, about um, God being able, but. <laughs> well, I, I think there's two buts in there. Um, okay. So the first one is, is that if I talk to men, they always tell me, God knows. Yeah, God cares. When it gets to God's able, that's where that but comes in. And there's a, there's two aspects to the but. The first aspect of the but is, well, I don't know. He's not able to do things in my life. He doesn't work in my life that way. And mm-hmm. so what I, what I have is that he works in the pastor's life that way. He'll work in your life that way but he doesn't work that way. He's not, he's not, I don't see the tangible aspects of God being able and doing things in my life. Mm. And so a lot of men limit it right there. That's the first place where I see a block because they'll say, yeah, God is able and he can do anything he wants, but he doesn't work in my life that way. Mm. Yeah. Then, then there's the aspect that you were talking about of, that uh, if there's something that I'm doing to hinder that relationship, that that has another barrier to it. And sometimes they're cognizant of that and other times they're not. Mm, Yeah. Well, and I think to your first point, I think this is why God revealed it to Rocky in the order that it is, because Mm -hmm. it starts out with his knowledge of us, but then it's very important to know that he does care about us. He, so to the guy that is saying, Oh, he doesn't work in my life. Well, he wants to, he loves you. He cares about you. You're just as important to him as, as anybody else, even some big pastor or some big missionary, whatever you are, he cares that much about you, you know? Um, So we're building that case before we get to this part about the ability. Um, But then the second, the second part is uh, it is kind of a foundational part of the journey. I would say is uh, helping people understand there are that we have hindrances, and that's that's always the word that's really a good word to sum up there. You know, and I think it comes from uh, when Rocky introduced this, it really comes from Hebrews 12 that talks about let's run our race with perseverance and throw off um, the sin that entangles and anything else that hinders 
our race. So it, it could be a sin. It could definitely be a sin. And that most people, that's probably obvious, right? Yeah. If I'm sinning, God may not want to bless me if, but there could be things that aren't sins that are still getting in the way. Um, and I, I'll just read one example that we use in the, in the session that, because it always hits guys upside the head, which, and I always kind of like to watch how they react. But first uh, Peter three, seven says, husbands, Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And uh, and there's different translations, obviously, that say that did a different way. But the bottom line is, honor your wife, or God will not honor your prayers. You know, like He may not hear your prayers. I mean, that's just one example of several in that session. But what do you make of all this with the hindrances? Well, I, there's there's two aspects that, you know, um, I was talking to a couple of guys this week and one of the things came up about, um, they talked about the aspect of Job and that we cannot manipulate God. And mm-hmm. so um, God is able to do anything, but we can't manipulate him. So one of the things was, is, uh, back to Job, was that if you do good things, you get good things or... Mm-hmm. Something like that. And if that's true, that I always get good things when I do good things for God, I can manipulate him. And we know that that's not true. And, um, and by the way, the, by the way, the world calls that karma, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they could. Or <laughs> prosperity gospel or yeah, a yeah, lot of different yeah. things. Sure. But the reality of it is, is that I can't manipulate God. And then the other aspect of it is that, yes, I can put hindrances in the way. And so, um, for example, uh, my prayers are connected to my relationship with my wife. Um, that goes back to, you know, love, love your uh, wife as Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we have such a huge responsibility in that relationship to, um, you know, care for nurture, um, whatever it may be to uh, point her to Christ so that she is the daughter that she's supposed to be before him, as opposed to, you know, my helpmate and doing the things that I need to get done or I want done around the house or whatever it may be, or raising with kids or all the, all the different things and the dynamics that go into with marriage. And so it's a constant uh, process of working on that as a husband. Um, that's one of the things that I love about the journey of, you know, later on, we get into live it out at home is the first mm-hmm. place where we're going to live it out. Um, once I, once I'm that God seeker, that God abider, and I've established my relationship with Christ. Now I turn it right back into the home. That's the first place where we need to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some other examples you can think of, of hindrances or things that would get in the way of God's ability in our life? Well, it says if you uh, harbor sin in your heart or, you know, idolatry in your heart, you know, he's not going to listen to you. And, you know, that puts a barrier between him where be holy because I'm holy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have to remember those things. When I first went through the journey, uh, I was struggling with pornography. It's not the aspect that I was practicing, but it's always that monkey on my back. And, uh, you know, I'd struggle with it for most of my adult life. And so you run into that problem where, um, hey, what I'm, I got to get this out of my life. 
And uh, that was uh, part of it. Um, unforgiveness was another one that was real mm. big for me in the journey. Um, first time I went through, I thought I forgave everybody. Well, no, I forgave them because God was going to get them for me. Mm. <laughs> and uh, as I start going through the journey and I realize how bad my sin is, then all of a sudden I don't want anybody to have to suffer what I deserve. And uh, that allowed me to forgive people in a way that I never imagined I could forgive. And so there's just a, a lot of wrestling that needs to go on in our relationship uh, with God to remove those types of things out of our life. And we're so busy, most men don't take the time to do it, uh, let alone well, want to be that uncomfortable. Well, you know, and I'm just thinking about you know, we're not talking about the journey's not like a uh, addiction uh, support group, you know, for porn or other or other addictions, or it's not, it's not a marriage study. You know, it, it, it's funny. It's none of those things, but it works itself out into any areas that are that where a man has need, you know, I mean, by by fixating our eyes vertically, as we always say, going vertical on on Jesus and his word the spirit starts working it through into our heart and out, out to the places that need healing and all that. So I, I love, you just quickly talked about two things in your life, you know, that got healed um, just by the Holy spirit, by the, just by you putting yourself in proximity with the Lord and opening your heart up to that, you know, I mean, yeah, was, that's beautiful. Yeah. It was a real reckoning and, and that, that started me on the path of removing a lot of things. And then, you know, just a, a continual process of trying to flush out all of anything that's not godly. And it, it's not like, I mean, it, it manifests itself in several ways. It, it's uh, a consciousness of taking every thought captive. Hey, I don't need to be thinking that way. Um, mm. There's an aspect of, oh, uh, keep short accounts. Father, I'm sorry, I kind of screwed that up. And then do I have the um, ability to apologize to the person that was involved with it? Or uh, is this just something for me to ask my father for forgiveness and those types of things? Um, but in that daily abiding process to have that at the top of your mind moving forward, knowing full well he's able and he wants to do amazing things in my life and, you know, amaze me. And he does, but uh, there's a constant work that goes on to uh, put him first and foremost in the front of everything that you're doing. Yeah. Well, and the journey's kind of laid out with, you know, kind of almost building a case of who is God first. You know, it's kind of the, the first several months are just about this nature of God and who he, and, and how, how he relates to us. But then we really start digging into what our part in it in the second part, you know, when we get into the abiding and all that and what, you know, what's going on in our, where, where do we need pruning and, you know, all that kind of and discipline and all that kind of stuff. But, but I think it's a warm up on the first three months when you're going through, it's a warm up because it's almost like that the, the light of the spirit starts shining into a man's heart and starts revealing things. And, uh, and I've said this on a few of the other podcasts, I'm sure, but, um, and I feel like the people who press into that, and aren't afraid, you know, and are willing to go wherever God's trying to take them. Those are the ones who have the transformation like you did. And, and, and they end up bearing fruit and they end up going forward and helping others. Some people chicken out and they, they drop out, 
Cause it's, you know, uh, it, it just starts getting uncomfortable. You know, they don't want to have to change or don't have to deal with it or face it. You know, do you see that? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we, most men have a view of God and they're comfortable with what they know about God. They kind of put him in their box, in his box. This is mm -hmm. who God is to me. And, you know, unfortunately, most of them, God is all powerful, omniscient, all the big words, the theological mm -hmm. words, the theological terms. And he is all that. But he's also daddy. He's also mm -hmm. someone that calls me friend. Come to me as a child. Mm -hmm. Intimate, soft language. You know, when I called my kids when they were little, daddy, you know, that's how they came to you. And um, I'm supposed to approach him that way. And so my God is all that omnipresence, omniscient, imminent, all those great words that have huge theological connotations, but he's also big enough caring and he's able and he's there. What? He's able, he confront, he, uh, uh, he's able to confront us. He wants an intimate relationship with us. My God has to get bigger in my eyes. And so most men, they got God in a box and they kind of figure out this is where God is. And I'm comfortable with what I know about him, but I'm also comfortable with what I don't know about him. Mm. And um, I believe uh, that, um, you know, God cares. Uh, he knows he's willing and he's able. All of those aspects take somebody's box of who God is and make them bigger. And if you go back to Job, when Job, you know, Job's problem was he says, God, I'm going to have somebody come uh, and judge between you and me. Mm. So he lowered his view of God. He said, there's somebody else who's judge ultimately. Well, God is nobody else is going to go above him and judge between Job and God. And what what did God do? He shows up and he says, hey, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And mm -hmm. so Job's vision of God got bigger. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he said, oh, wait a minute, I get it. And so as we go through, God knows he cares, he's willing and is able. A man's view of God becomes so much bigger. And when God is put in his right place, then I see him as he wants to be seen. Now the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fear is not the fear where I'm afraid of God. Fear is I'm in awe and wonder, but I can't do that if I'm content in the view of God that I have. And I'm also content with what I don't know about him. Mm -hmm. So as I start getting into this aspect of the first part of the journey, God's going to become so much bigger to me both in the big words and in the intimate and the loving and the kind words so that I can see that God is able to comfort us and God is able to strengthen us and God is able to save me. Yes. Even me, despite what I know about myself, which a lot of men get hung up on that. You, know, you don't know what I've done. Well, God does. Well, I don't want to go there. <laughs> That's scary. Oh, wait a minute. I can go there. And then, you know, he still loves me. Yeah, he still loves you. Mm -hmm. Loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He's up all night waiting for you to get up in the morning, spend time with him. 
And so all of a sudden, now I've got this great, big, huge God who's able to overcome the obstacles that I want to put in front, whether that's going to be a hindrance with a sin, whether that's going to be conflict with my wife, whether it's going to be, you know, unbelief, whether that's going to be a number of any different things. But I have to expand my view of God before I'm going to be able to start trusting him in these areas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, once he starts, that's almost like getting a closer up view of God, then maybe, you know, he's not far off. He's closer. Um, and it does. And then it, then it is, it almost puts stirs or breeds some personal responsibility. It does matter how I live my life because he cares, you know? And, and so my, my actions matter to God just as much as he wants to help me. He also wants to help grow me and, you know, and so, yeah. It, and, and one thing you said, uh, I think was, well, I want to, I was remembering when I did the foundation with Rocky, uh, the four pillars, God knows God's willing or God cares, God's willing, God is able are built on the bedrock of grace. Mm-hmm. So all of this is built on the bedrock of grace, which you, you alluded to the grace, I think of, you know, even though we, we mess up, even though we're not perfect and we never will be, um, God loves us and uh, he loves us in spite of ourselves. And, uh, and we have to kind of let ourselves be forgiven and forgive ourselves in this relationship too, you know, and because a lot of people think, well, I'll never be perfect. So why try? Let me just give it, you know, they'll, I'll never figure it out. I'm not able, you know, so forget it. <laughs> or they, you know, they'll put, most men are harder on themselves than anybody else ever could be. Yeah. And so they'll they'll come up with all the different things. And I say, hey, what are you trying to do when you're doing that, when you're saying this? Well, if I were God, I wouldn't forgive myself. Yeah. And so he's not able. He couldn't be able. Why? Because I can't forgive myself. And so uh-huh. the point comes down to is that, yeah, I, I say I agree with that. You want to know how to forgive yourself? Get to know God better. Mm. Because right. when he's bigger and he's when he's when you see him as he wants you to see him, you're just so blown away. It it makes all of your arguments crumble. Mm. Uh, I was looking at the prodigal son the other day, and the prodigal son he goes off. Everybody knows the story, and then he comes back. I just want to be one of your servants and slave. But when he was a ways off, the father ran to him. I mean, we have a good, good father who loves us dearly. That's right. But so many of us are kind of sitting there like the other brother. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I've always done the right thing. You know, you should have loved me, but you didn't do this and that. And he keeps himself out of the house. Mm. And yet it was always his to begin with. And so that prodigal son, man, we're all prodigal sons. Mm-hmm. We've all turned away from him. We've all been able. And he, you know what? He says, hey, I'm able to do this. That's what Christ does. Uh, what is it? Hebrews, uh, where he's, uh, Christ is always making intercession for us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's right there. He's able to do all of those things for us. He cares, you know. And uh, I just need to go and spend some time getting to know him. And you know, unfortunately, we have a church that most men don't pray. If they do pray, they ask the Lord to take it away. They don't read their Bibles on a regular basis. And they're definitely not into 
wrestling with these concepts mm-hmm. where I promise you, if you do, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Because right. he wants to prove to you that he's a God who is able. Mm. Well, it's, I think um, I was reading the verse the other day that eternity is written on the hearts of men. You know, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's built into us to be searching for God and to search for the deeper things of God and, and our identity and our purpose in who, you know, who God is in our lives and all that. And people, as you know, you, it's been talked about many times that there's like a God shaped vacuum in our heart, but people try to fill that with that hole with success, with money, with entertainment, pleasure, drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, um, to try to fill what they're looking for. And then, you know, and it, and unfortunately it takes guys reaching the end of themselves sometimes before they'll finally go, okay, God, I'm going to give you a chance. Maybe all this stuff I've heard of my whole life is there's something to this. So, and, and I want to, I want to, we're getting toward the end here, Mike. I want to, this is a great verse about God's ability that, that uh, is a, is one of the famous verses, if you will, Ephesians 3.20. And uh, Paul says to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him, be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And, and it's just like, he's able to do more abundantly than what we even ask for, you know, and we can ask some really selfish prayers, right? <laughs> or even the, anything we can even conceive of, even anything that we could think of. He, he, he wants to do more for us than even what we could even think of. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I I kind of take it back to when you had asked and brought it into perspective of grace. Second um, Corinthians nine eight. Uh, I'll add to what you just said, and it says God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Mm. And so he he says, I'm able. There's nothing I can't do. My grace is going to be everywhere. It, you know, the sufficiency of Christ is just unbelievable. And that's again, in order for me to do that, I gotta expand my view of God. Mm-hmm. And when I do and I see how big he is, everything else falls into place. Mm. Yeah. And and I you know, we use the word being blessed or whatever a lot, you know, and sometimes it, it sounds churchy or sounds phony or something. I don't know, but, but God wants to bless us. He yeah. wants to bless us. He wants to give us the father's blessing, you know, and, and it most often is not going to have anything to do with money or wealth or riches, but you know, he gives us those things too. Sometimes, you know, if he know he knows what we need even before we ask. So, you know, he wants to meet our needs. That's for sure. Um, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But, but there's deeper things than that, you know, just the blessing of being content in your, in who you are and being a child of God. And we're going to get into the the orphan spirit next, next week. But uh, yeah, I think uh, the sufficiency, I love what you said there about the, you know, his grace is sufficient and Christ is sufficient. Um, and, and you're right. It's all about us getting to know who he is, you know, how great he is and how loving he is. And, and uh, it's good news. It's the gospel. It's good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and I've seen it. We've led a lot of groups and you see guys start, you see the light bulbs going off every once in a while, you know, when, uh, and it happens at different points in the journey, but sometimes this is a big session that light bulbs will go off for somebody, you know, and they're like, wow, 
I had one guy uh, that's going through the journey right now. He he told our pastor last week that uh, I think I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. <laughs> and so he's seeing things that he hasn't seen before about yeah. God. Yeah. And it's changing everything in his perspective as he's trying to renew that mind, renew his mind with a biblical worldview, which is my God's big and he's mm-hmm. awesome and he's willing and he's able. Uh, as opposed to, you know, any other worldview that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so Michael, last question, I guess, is um, as we look around the world and we see a lot of darkness and we see a lot of hatred and we see division and, you know, a lot of things, the world seems a little crazy sometimes or just, or lost, if you will. I mean, you can easily think that. How is this good news? How is this God's ability good news? to this dying lost world? Well, the good news is the gospel, uh, first and foremost, that um, he's able to save us. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, to take as a Christian, to take comfort in that, to rest in the promises of Christ, that one day the dwelling place of God will be with man Mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, I can be found in him. But ultimately, that uh, as I look around the world where everything seems to be, you know, out of control, it's not. It's a plan that's falling into place. Mm. God's able to work in the midst of all the things that we see going on right now. Mm. And the aspect of is, is, you know, he says, throw all your cares and anxieties on me. You know, uh, it was a Spurgeon said, hey, got anxiety? That's an opportunity to pray. Pray about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so um, we want to lift those things up to the Lord, but we know full well that he says all over the Bible, he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, principalities, powers, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's going to, you know, many are the afflictions of a righteous man. And so, we're going to have struggles. We're going to have trials. We're going to have those things, but the peace that can come from understanding that God and how big he is and that he can get me through anything that I have to face. Uh, at the end of the day, that puts me in a place to where I can have that peace that surpasses understanding and, um, take some work, got to struggle to get there sometimes. And most most people don't want to go there, but man, I promise if they do, it's well worth it. I, I like what you were kind of alluding to, you know, the darker it gets, the more it gives God a chance to prove his ability, right? Because he, he can overcome the darkest of dark, you know, the almost impossible situations. He can, you know, he can prove that he can do the impossible. Yeah, well, every, the Bible is full of those opportunities where Man, they're surrounded. Man, this is going wrong. And God's just waiting for those opportunities. And many times he let them into it, not because he wanted to destroy them, but he wanted to amaze them. But Mm -hmm. we would have never had the opportunity. Uh, You know, God didn't take Israel out of Egypt, ocean in front of them, mountains on each side, and the Egyptian army barreling down because he wanted to destroy them. You know, he wanted to amaze them. And, and, And that's the problem is that so often the first thing we do is, hey, let's run back to Egypt and go with a worldview rather than a God view. Okay, God, I can't get out of this. Uh, I don't understand it at all. Uh, how would you have me respond well? Mm. And uh, watch them part the sea. 
Yeah, that's right. That is so good. All right, brother. Well, I think our time is up, but uh, gave gave the, some good nuggets there to to uh, to digest and chew on about uh, God's ability. So, uh, thank you so much for your time, Michael. Appreciate that. Always a pleasure. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to keep going through the journey in the in the in the weeks and months to come, and going through next week, we'll be talking about uh, this idea of the orphan spirit that can be a hindrance, if you will, into into all of this. But uh, but anyway, it's, this is this has been fun and uh, it's enlightening, and I, hopefully, it's been helpful to you all out there. But uh, anyway, this is the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we put these out there just to to help you grow in your abiding relationship with Christ and uh, to share some of the wisdom and some of the things we've seen. Uh, on the, in the 21 years of this ministry. So uh, I wanted to bring up, if you're a man uh, influencer out there, we are doing a leadership summit, uh, October 27th through 30th. And uh, we have some openings there. It's going to be outside Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, about an hour outside Tulsa. But we welcome all men who, uh, if you've guided a group, uh, then you're in leadership in this ministry. So anyone uh, who's who's guided a group, you're welcome to come. And uh, we're just going to spend some time refreshing and uh, talking about the DNA and uh, talking about Jesus and uh, and getting us all together to see what God, how he wants to refresh us and get us ready for the next next season of this ministry. So uh, we hope you guys might come. You can find information on, on our website about that at influencers.org, as well as other podcast episodes are on there as well under resources and podcasts. So anyway, thank you for your time. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.